The following is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action on anything being discussed, consult your medical doctor. Welcome to Heart Health with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefald. Heart Health is a local call-in health show designed to educate and inform you of the most up-to-date information for not only maintaining a healthy heart, but a healthy body. Call us with your health questions at 919-860-9783. This is Heart Health News Radio 680 WPTF, helping you get better, stay healthy, and spot medical misinformation i'm dave alexander and maybe have a little fun we hope so i am having so. fun are you having fun so far yeah dr franklin weefald across the room he is a cardiologist and internal medicine specialist with millennia cardiovascular but he's not promoting his business he's here to promote your health and yeah your and- sense of right and wrong. Really? Well, right and wrong about the stuff you hear about okay. medical news. Telephone number here is 919-860-9783. 919-860-9783. And we are talking about the news of the day in the medical world, uh, but also whatever it is you would like to ask the doctor about. It'd uh, be fun. It'd be fun. All right. Number one out of the shoot, Dr. Oz's mother has alzheimer's sad and it's a very sad situation sad for the family for obvious reasons but sad for another reason that kind of compounds his guilt about it Uh, we're also going to take an official coffee break during the show with some coffee news and artificial intelligence can apparently detect problems with your heart with one heartbeat you're a heartbeat away from knowing whether you got heart failure or not. It's, you know, what's, what's weird about that story is is that a computer would have all the time in the world, right? And they want to com- do one heartbeat. They want to do one heartbeat. Bing. It's, it's like the old uh, name that tune. I can do that in one heartbeat. Your heartbeat is over. Let's uh, hear from Dr. Oz, whose mother has Alzheimer's. There was, he made this announcement. Uh, this week, and here's why it's so especially sad in his case. And I blamed myself because I realized that if I had found it earlier, it could have helped certainly delay and install it. The clues were there. We all saw parts of my mom falling apart. Her makeup wasn't perfect. My sister would see that, one of the sisters. So she, she would start giving away things to people she didn't really know. So the idea is the signs were there. The signs were there. Why do you suppose he didn't pick up on them? Well, now, this is another thing I'd like to tell people, okay? When something happens to your loved one, unless you've beat them over the head with a tomato stick or something, it's not your fault. And the guilt, I mean, I, I, I understand he's sad. Yeah. But to say he feels guilty that his mother developed Alzheimer's no, is, for me, uh, a little disturbing. He's because, sad uh, because he didn't catch it. Well, but see, you can't always catch it. You can't always catch it. Yeah. And uh, my mother, eight yeah. years, yeah. Alzheimer's. And some were good years and some were bad years. And she yeah. had moments of lucency mm-hmm. and then moments where the best thing was when she put her tennis shoes in the oven and turned it on. That's not good. Well, we caught it in time. Yeah. Um, There are subtle signs. And the ones that Dr. Oz brought up were, if you notice your loved one has challenges in planning, okay? Yeah. Who doesn't? 
Yeah. So you might think, oh, well, difficulty completing tasks. Uh-huh. Well, tell that to every college student in the United States of America. Well, they all they have. have Alzheimer's. Yeah. Confusing time and place. That's important. Okay. But yeah. not necessarily something you're going to think when somebody does that is an Alzheimer's problem. Right. Trouble understanding visuals. I'm not quite sure what he meant. But maybe it's that you can't tell the women's room sign from the men's room sign. But, of yeah. course, we're not supposed to anymore, right? Well, you no, have to we walk are. in any door and say, this is my gender identity. Yeah. Anyway, misplacing things. Now, I don't have Alzheimer's, and I couldn't find my keys this morning. Okay? I just couldn't. Okay. And then losing the ability to retrace steps. Now, I guess what he means is that you go into one room, and you can't remember when you went in there. I did that mm-hmm. the other day. What I'm trying to say is, yes, these are important signs, but one of the things I don't want people to do is suddenly, when their loved one, their mother or their father or their uncle or their brother does one of these things, to rush off and say, I'm not going to feel guilty when he gets Alzheimer's. I'm going to blow the horn on this situation. And I've seen it a lot in my practice where, you know, some guy is 85 and he's incredible Mm -hmm. and is still working. And the wife or the daughter comes in and says, I think he has Alzheimer's. And I, I say, why? He couldn't find his keys yesterday. Now, I couldn't remember where I parked my car the other day. Yeah. And that's a big object. Where, where, what is your name again? Yeah, Dave. Yeah. yeah. So, yes, be careful. Be vigilant. Now, here's the other thing. We can't do much about it. No matter what people say, the drugs that we have, Namenda, example, I don't know. I mean, when they proved that drug, there were maybe some subtle signs in the studies that for the first six months, yeah, it didn't get much worse. But after that, forget about it. It got worse. It got worse. Yeah. So these are, these are drugs that don't attack the problem. And the problem is, is unfathomable. The patients with Alzheimer's get these things called neurofibrillatory tangles tau proteins that that just coalesce into these strings that mess up your your neurons and connections in your brain. They've tried many things. One drug seemed to untangle the proteins. Guess what? Yeah. Eh, it didn't work. Okay. So there may be some things, but I can tell you one thing that everybody needs to look out for, and that's only the only thing that's been shown to help prevent it, and this is true, it's the anti-inflammatory situation. So we've been talking about this. Inflammation is a good thing in small amounts. So you get tennis elbow. Yeah. Inflammation tells you to stop using your tennis elbow. It hurts, it's swollen. But constant inflammation from joints, the whole body gets inflamed, the heart, and that's what causes heart attack. Yeah. There's a new drug coming out. I don't want to make everybody feel like all heart attacks are going away, but it's an anti-inflammatory drug for the lining of the arteries of the heart. Yeah. Preliminary studies are very promising. So if you really want to do one thing that may be in your power is take some anti-inflammatories. Now, I'm, I'm not going to say it definitely will help because I believe that you can only say definitely when you have data. Yeah. But the things you can do, don't injure yourself. Stop running marathons, please. Really? Yeah, marathon runners live on the average five years less than everybody else. Okay. And they have bad teeth. Yeah. And they're constantly bragging about one thing. You know what they brag about? 
They're injuries. Really? Yeah. Okay. Right. Oh, yeah, my leg hurts, my arm hurts, but I'm running through it. And that's inflam- inflammation. Inflammation. Really? Yes. Yes. Shouldn't I be taking then some and, anti-inflammatory forever? Well, no, because that's not been proven to help. Okay. Okay, so don't take a natural anti-inflammatory. I'm not saying that because you could get a, a bleed and bleeding ulcer. And I'm then, willing. I'm willing to take anything to put I'm, this well, off. Well, what we talking about last week? You know, turmeric, ginger, and okay. milk thistle. Now, one of the things that I can say about these there are no side effects. Yeah, they won't okay. hurt you. All right. And there are a lot of studies that have shown inflammatory conditions get better. So. Am I recommending you take it? No. What I'm saying is this might be the idea in the future to find these benign compounds that reduce the amount of inflammatory, you know, connections in our body. So you get the flu. This is why you need a flu shot. Yeah. Not necessarily because you won't survive the flu. You will. Very rarely do people die from the flu. Influenza. I'm not talking about the things we call flu, stomach flu. That's not the flu. You know, sniffles, that's not the flu. Flu is bone-chilling aches yeah, and fevers and rigors and this awful cough. Your whole body's inflamed. And people who have the flu shot yeah. have a lower risk of heart attack. That's the truth. Okay. Let's take a coffee break. Now? There's a story there's Yeah, a we're going to do this about- every week. I, I, I've talked about this. And... People do research not to advance science. They do research to get in the newspaper. Yeah. And so Starbucks wants you to think that every time you pay $10 for a small latte, <laughs> and you know, you can't even use cash in Starbucks anymore. It holds up really? the line. Really? Not everywhere. Well, they order. A lot of Starbucks, they won't take cash. I have to order it in Italian anyway. So uh, yeah. here is the thing. You don't want gallstones now, right? Gallstones hurt. The gallbladder... Really? Okay. Yeah, the gallbladder holds this bile, yeah. and it excretes it when you have a fatty meal so you can digest. Yeah. The bile can form little stones, and yeah. they hurt when they try to go down. Sure. It hurts. So now there's some people from Copenhagen. Yeah. That's Denmark, right? I don't know. I'm forgetting. What, I'm you have American. Alzheimer's? You just said, I don't know. I'm an American. How do I know? You, yeah, that's a sign of Alzheimer's, because you learned that in school. Anyway, they say that coffee will prevent gallstones yay now next week tune yeah. in yeah for the latest coffee is bad for you story yeah probably now what be. is the lesson i'm telling you is that when you see these stories take them with a grain of salt yes i will <laughs> do you ever do that with substitute, a grain of salt no substitute the sugar for salt in salt words, in your coffee don't put a lot that's just a little point. yeah yeah but no yeah no, i did that once I put salt in the coffee. Yeah, no, I mean, no salt in the sugar bowl. I got in a lot of trouble. So, do, do you believe that this? No, I don't believe anything. There's no connection this. between gallstones and coffee. Uh, here's what you want to do if you want to study coffee. Yeah. If you want to study coffee, get ten thousand people. Yeah. Give five thousand two cups of coffee a day. Yeah. And give the other five thousand a glass of water. You can't make it taste like coffee. Yeah. Follow them for 10 years, 15 years. The healthy people win. Do they get gallstones? Yeah. Do they have heart attacks? Um, are they happier? You know, I mean, I don't oh, the, know. No, the coffee people are happier. Trust Look, me on Starbucks this. Starbucks loves. come to this building Monday morning yeah. and just know by sight who's drinking coffee and who's not. That's right. It's true. Helping you get better, stay healthy, and spot medical misinformation. This is Heart Health. It's the Heart Health Radio Network. 
Fake news theme song. Well, we remind you, 919-860-9783 is our telephone number. We're desperately trying to find the fake news. What was the fake news? Well, I want to tell you, this is fake news. Yeah. The fake news is that artificial intelligence is yeah. so smart now. Yeah. That all you got to do is put one EKG beat into uh, from you. Yeah. And into a computer, and it'll say, you have heart failure. You do not have heart failure. And that yeah. is just crazy. Okay, now now there's a theory. I have a theory on this. Okay. If the story says, all it needs is just a little right. bit, like to right. that one beat, right. to detect a heart problem, what if there's no beat? Well, that's bad. Then, then you have a real heart problem. Then you know, I mean, the computer's going to say, yeah, you've got a problem with yeah. that heart so let's talk about what heart failure really is. Please. There are three types. One is when your heart muscle is flabby and it doesn't pump well. That's called systolic. Systolic, all that word is the heart pumping forward, the, yeah. the contraction. Then there's something called diastolic heart failure when your heart muscle's too thick. Yeah. There's a not only the pumping action, but there's the relaxation action. The heart has to relax in a positive way. That makes a lot of sense. That's like a non-secular. Okay. Relaxing forcefully well yeah because it has to relax the muscles re-expand yeah and the blood flows in if it can't do that then the blood pressure in the heart builds up and you get short of breath yeah now there's something else called restrictive cardiomyopathy which is very very rare that's when your heart muscle gets filled with all sorts of noxious proteins and that's like amyloid or sarcoid those are inflammatory diseases now Heart failure is difficult sometimes to diagnose, uh, and there can be things that look like heart failure that aren't heart failure. I get this all the time. You know, people come in and say, my feet are swelling, and therefore, they told me I have heart failure. Eh. I mean, there are three causes to vein, I mean, to your feet swelling. One of them is heart failure. Okay. Another one is your veins have stopped compressing well, and the blood builds up in the legs and you get swollen legs. That's called venous insufficiency. And there's another thing where the lymph channels carry the detritus from the immune system. They don't work well, you get swelling. But heart failure is not subtle in most cases. You've had a heart attack, mm -hmm. you, your heart doesn't pump well, and you get short of breath. Yeah. And I do not for the life of me know why all these people think you need to get these computers to diagnose your heart failure. Because you need you don't, you don't need a artificial intelligence, you need intelligence. Everybody I've ever seen on TV, all these TV doctor shows, yeah. they got the squiggly lines. What is that? There's a three-letter thing for it. EKG. EKG. The electrocardiogram. Okay. The, and, and the doctor, I've had them done on me. Yeah. They're in, very useful. In preparation for, for surgery. For surgery, right. right. They run it for like 30 seconds. Yeah. And then they, they look at it and say, yeah, you're fine. Yeah. But the thing that I want to tell everybody is that sure, an EKG helps, but it's not everything. You can have a normal EKG and have a heart attack the next day. Sure. The EKG reflects what's going on in your heart at that second, at that moment in time. So what they're trying to tell me is they got a computer so smart. Yeah. Okay, that's what my mother used to say. You're so smart. 
She's Chinese, so I can say this. But that it, it only needs one tracing from the EKG, one little, you know, jagged blip. And yeah. come on, you need a doctor, yeah, to sit down with you and say, how short a breath are you walking? How many aisles at Walmart can you walk? Yeah, have you had a heart attack? Um, is there a family history of something wrong with your heart? There's something called a familial systolic cardiomyopathy. So. The computer can't look you in the eye, can't judge your body position, Mm -hmm. can't look at the facial expressions. That's all a part of diagnosing heart failure. And then, looking at the treatment, do the fluid pills get rid of enough fluid? Can you put some more medicine on to strengthen the heart by lowering the blood pressure? A computer is just a cold, lifeless hunk of metal and plastic. Right. So what I'm trying to say in all this is let's not think that computers are the answer to our health problems or the answer to diagnoses. Here's the problem is that we don't have enough education, not only on patients' parts, but on doctors' parts to know that all foot swelling is not heart failure. Yeah. You don't need a artificial intelligence computer to figure that out from one EKG. You know what's going to happen? You have a, a knowledge base and people of your era in medicine, how many, how many years have you been practicing? Uh, 91. So that's 91 what? years? No, 1991. Oh, okay, 1991. I'm old, but okay. not that old, Sonny. <laughs> okay, all right. People of your era yeah. have a basis for judging what they look at on that strip on paper. Right. Okay. 35 years. Right. You, give this, years. you give this artificial intelligence five years and half the medical profession won't be able to read the paper. Right. But see, the other thing is, if, it, if an artificial intelligence computer could tell you have heart failure from one EKG, yeah. why can't we? Why can't you? Yeah. You can't. Because it's all these factors. It's talking. It's listening. Do you know what's really scary to me? What? Is that the medical students and the, the new doctors today don't know yeah. the stethoscope. Well, it's they, just, because they have no reason to. You get an ultrasound. But yeah. it's, it's really amazing what we did. And again, I sound like these old codgers when I was in medical school. Yeah, you know? yeah when you were in these medical guys, school. These guys had penicillin right. okay, and right. insulin. And yeah, that's it. that was it. Oh, those were the good old days. And the books were in black and white because color hadn't been invented right. yet. No. Yeah. But what they had were clinical skills. Okay. And what does that mean? Mm-hmm. They could tell what's wrong with you by talking to you and by listening to you. And you know what? They were right almost all the time. Okay. And now, you know, the family doctor, God bless them, they work their tails off. But if somebody coughs, they go to a pulmonologist. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. If somebody does, you know what, that you're not supposed to do in church, they send him to a gastroenterologist. Yeah. So, you know, you, people ask me, what's an internal medicine specialist? Well, that's somebody who's studied for three years, and I did this at Johns Hopkins, the whole body. Yeah. Okay. Well, the whole adult body. So I know a lot about GI. I know a lot about the brain. I know a whole lot about the heart. And, and you know, they t- kidneys, they taught us these things. Mm-hmm. And most cardiologists, most pulmonologists, most nephrologists, 
They just want to do the nephro, they want to do the cardio, and they want to forget about the diabetes and the high blood pressure and the Parkinson's disease and the sleep apnea. But guess what? Hmm. It's all connected. The telephone number here, and you call right now. We'll get you on in a couple of minutes. The waiting room is open. Uh, 919-860-9783. 919-860-9783. Call right now. We'll get you on. An impertinent question. I have about a minute to to ask this and move on. Impertinent from you? Come on. On television medical shows, when someone has a heart attack, yeah. they punch him in the chest. Yeah. And then at some point in the conversation, they scream out, Don't you die on me, mister! <laughs> now, number one. Do you know how many times I've said that? Have you ever done that? No. And have you ever been tempted to say that? Because I think that's the least motivational thing at that moment. Let me tell you, and we got very few seconds. I was a hothead, not a hothead. I was very excitable as an intern. And there was a guy named Ken Bothman, bless his heart, cardiologist. He got killed, run over while he was jogging. Another reason not to jog by the road. And I was getting all excited. I might have said, don't die on me, mister. And he walked in. And he said one thing. He said, yeah. you're Woody Allen today. Yeah. And you know what you really want to be? What? Clint Eastwood. You want to be cool. You want to be no talking. When you are going nuts, you don't help anybody. Time for news. This is Heart Health. Now back to Heart Health with Dr. Franklin Weefold on AM680 WPTF. This is the Heart Health Radio Network. I'm Dave Alexander. He is Dr. Franklin Weefold. And on our list of topics, I don't even want to say it. Come on. Cannibalism on this show, uh, which is unusual because it's funny. I'm having a friend over for What's dinner. the worst health problem you could imagine? Being eaten, right? Yeah. Flesh, we talk about flesh-eating bacteria. Yeah. Well, there's something worse. Flesh, flesh-eating people. Yes. Uh, low testosterone. Feel free to call in on that because I'm not asking any questions. I will. 919-860-9783. Vaping and snowflakes in medical school. It all makes sense eventually when we talk about it, which we're going to in just a moment. Someone actually is suggesting cannibalism. Yes. I, I don't want to I don't want to talk about it, but but is yeah. there a medical reason why we don't do that? Yeah. There is? Because, number one, it's not nice. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, no, and we don't need to. Okay, here, here's what I'm, I'm going to, yeah. I'm just going to, just going to spill the beans yeah. instead of the kidney beans. I'm going to spill the beans. Magnus Sordlund, he's a Swedish scientist who is convinced that we're all going to die from climate change. Yeah. And so this guy says, well, what's one way out of us all dying is that when the food runs out. Yeah. We eat each other. And what he's trying to do is is break down the taboo. Now, if you're invited over for dinner at Magnus Sordelin's house, don't eat the Swedish meatball. <laughs> no. I mean, come on. The, okay, number one. Yeah. Were you alive in 1969? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was. What was the biggest worry from scientists? Oh, yeah, population explosion, and yes. we're going to run out of food. Sure. So they predicted by the year 2010 that we'd all be starving. Now, what was the problem? They were basing 
the population growth, which we have outpaced. We have more people than they thought. Yeah. And the ability to produce food. Now, if we were only able to produce food at 1969 levels, we'd be starving. One acre of corn production in Iowa used to be 100 bushels. It's now 350. We got better at making food. Right. And so I want people to know there are flesh-eating bacteria. We've talked about it. Yeah. Well, beware more of the flesh-eating Swedish scientist. Judy in Smithfield, you are so welcome. Hey there. To interrupt our discussion about that thing. <laughs> I think it was time. Hi, Judy. <laughs> uh, hello. How are you? Uh, I'm doing fine. Um, I, am I speaking with Dr. Weefall? You are, yes. Believe yeah, it or not. Hey, Dr. Weefall. How are you? Good to hear your voice. I'll Thank you. I was to you today. And, uh, uh-huh. I, you were talking on a subject, and you mentioned ginger, I think. And uh, I had to leave the room, and I didn't hear it all. Yeah. So, yeah, so this is... Again, tell me what the benefit is. Yeah. Or so what, what, what we're talking about are three spices that... You know, I, I didn't know this. If you look back in Chinese medicine, and again, I'm half Chinese. I'm not saying they're always right. But turmeric, which is a spice, I don't even know what it tastes like. Have you ever had anything with turmeric in nope. it? Ginger, I know what ginger is like. And then milk thistle, which I never heard about until recently. And so people have said, these are good for you. And they come in capsules now, Judy. You can go to Walmart or GNC and you can say, I want milk thistle capsules and they'll pull them off the shelf yeah and they're little capsules you don't have to taste it and then you can get turmeric by itself or turmeric and ginger now why do i say they may be good for you scientists and real scientists not these ones who want to go on tv these are scientists who have studied it they've taken half of a group of people and given them these medications and then another half they've given them a fake pill yeah. and the people who were on turmeric and ginger and milk thistle had a lower level of inflammation and we just talked about how inflammation can kill you uh, if the body is inflamed it damages tissues it causes heart attacks and the thing that really made me take it was that this is a study from neurosurgeons mm-hmm. and, you know they deal with back pain all the time and they did a study on these guys with back and these ladies with back pain. They got better versus a placebo or yeah, you know, a, a real scientific study when they took turmeric, ginger, and yeah. milk thistle. Now, I hate testimonials, except when they're testimonials about how great I am. Yeah. But I take this stuff now, and Judy, at four o'clock in the afternoon, after seeing patients all day, I had to have three Advils and two Tylenols. It was yeah. six o'clock last the uh, last week, and I I said, "What's wrong here?" Oh, I didn't have to take three Advils and two Tylenols. I didn't have any pain. Yeah. So, the testimonial is, I take it myself. Now, am I saying that people should take it? No, because you have to listen to your doctor about taking it. But I'm saying I take it. I feel better. And my thought is there's a lot of evidence that it does help. And that's simple. There are no side effects to these medications. Because they're not medications. I called them. No. My concept is you don't have to be a chemical to be called a medication. Okay. So a spice becomes a medicine when it has scientifically proven benefits. Okay. So if you want to say you're taking something natural, that's also a natural medicine. If you take turmeric, ginger, and milk thistle, there is evidence that it will help you. 
Makes sense, Judy? Yes, I, it, I tell you, it really does very much because I want to tell you this, Dr. Weefall. I don't want to take a lot of your time, but I do want to tell you this, that I've had this extreme back problem. I don't know what I had done. Well, actually, I had stayed with someone in the hospital, and uh-huh. I don't know afterwards it affected my back, just sitting up there, you know. Uh-huh. But let me tell you, it just so happened that I got this little booklet through the mail, and it was talking um, about... Uh, ginger, that I had actually, something that I had also heard was that, uh, you know, eating a lot a lot of uh, peas and beans, if they're dry beans or fresh, whatever, would help the cholesterol. But I also read that ginger would help with the bloating, you know, that that could create. So I was putting ginger in those, but about the time that I was having the back problem, I just really kind of zoomed in on trying the beans. But I was really scooping that ginger in, and actually I had had x-rays done that the doctor even thought that there was possible lesions in the bottom of my Back, my spine, and you know they were doing a lot of X-rays, and but you know I I was using the ginger even more in the beans, and you know it was just like a miraculous thing that my back was okay. Wow! Thought, After I, taking, yeah. did, did did the doctor actually see lesions? On your back? Yeah, and probably what she's talking about are... are in, uh-huh, they, they saw something in the... Uh, I don't know if it was the M- MRI. It was one MRI. Of the yeah, so the MRI probably showed... Doing. Yeah. And, and my doctor told me, he says, I'm afraid you may have cancer down there. And mm. so then... Uh, it, but taking the ginger, I really became better and not really actually putting that together. Together until later, I did read an article where it said that they thought that ginger uh, might even have benefits like chemotherapy if you, you know, sure, sure. And, let me uh, let me just say what I think is that uh-huh. what you're saying is is that these these compounds that are natural can reduce the amount of inflammation and your back can feel better. Thank you, Judy. Thanks uh, I am so glad you called. This is Heart Health on the Heart Health Radio Network. Telephone number is 919-860-9783. Now, we talked about, tes- well, let me just We've follow up. We've talked a up. lot about testosterone. We talked about testosterone. Let me follow up with this conversation. You're saying, okay, ginger, turmeric, and milk thistle right. seems to work for you. I'll take that as a glowing endorsement. No, and I'll it, go get some. The testimonial or, says. Yeah. I take it, it worked for me. Okay. The testimonial is there's scientific evidence that it works. Now, here's my here's my don't take it unless you're willing to take the risk yourself, but there is no risk. Yeah. But talk to your doctor about it. All right. Here's the thing. Do you remember about I don't know, ten years ago when everybody and their sister was eating bran? I mean to the point of being crazy about it. You know how I could tell now that they don't? It smells better now. It's, okay. Things smell better now? Yeah, yeah. you All walk right. into a room the world. and it smells better. And for a while, bran was going to save our lives. Then, oatmeal was going to save our lives. Right. It was going to solve all my cardiovascular problems. Then, for a while, kale became the rage. You, you, People do you have many hate times, the taste of do you, kale. Do you know how many times I've eaten kale? How many? Once. And yes. you know how many times I've eaten it again? Yeah, none. Zero. None. You don't want okay, it again. I will say this. Bran, yes. Yeah. It is good for you. Is it the cure for all oils? No. 
fiber in your diet reduces inflammation. Why? Because okay. all that nasty stuff that your gut has to fight off, causing inflammation, gets pooped out. And oatmeal, eh, I'm not so sure that oatmeal leads to heart health. I mean, it's it's got a little heart on next to the yeah. Quaker. Yeah. Um, I'm not so sure. I okay. will say that because it raised good HDL and it lowered bad LDL. Eh, take your chemical over the Quaker. Okay. Okay. All but right. yeah, anything that promotes good bowel health will help promote your whole body wow. health. I'm glad we got around to bowel health on yeah. this show. Yeah. I really am. Telephone number 919-860-9783. We're going to talk about my low testosterone. Wait a minute. Did you write this note? Yeah. We're going to talk about mine's, Dave's. Listen, mine's not low anymore. Dave's low testosterone. You know, it's funny. If we determine that that's true, then it turns out that those kids in fourth grade gym class were right. <laughs> they were absolutely right. We'll talk about vaping. Also, snowflakes in medical school. That's is kind of an odd term, but we'll talk about that. Heart Health on the Heart Health Radio Network. Well, you know you make me want to kick my heels up and down. Helping you get better, stay healthy, and spot medical misinformation. This is Heart Health. I'm Dave Alexander. This is Dr. Franklin Weefald. And yes, we are going to talk about low testosterone in a moment, but also we got a shout out today. Well, you know, you get testosterone, you start shouting, right? But anyway, <laughs> no, I want to shout out Curtis Media Stations, who is the owner and yeah. producer. Don Curtis, Curtis Media Group. Curtis Media Group. Yes. Anyway, I want to shout them out for and allowing me to, and Dave to have the privilege of doing this yeah. and to show that their interest in what we do and their enthusiasm for what we do. They're moving us to and noon on great. Saturday, starting October 5th. Okay. Now, what does that mean? It means those of you who toil away on Saturdays, either working in the yard or s- shoveling snow yeah. or, you know, working to get a little break, you can listen to us live. Yeah. But don't forget, yeah. you can also listen on Apple Podcasts, search Heart Health, or you can listen on WPTF.com. And the nice thing of going to WPTF.com is you see all the other hosts and all the other shows, but also you can listen live. So shout out the Curtis Media Group, for being there for us. Very good. Low T. I see the ads. Yeah. Apparently, it's a big deal. It's a very big deal. And the first thing I want to say is um, there has always been uh, prejudice in the medical community against testosterone. It was the male hormone, toxic masculinity. Yeah. And the less testosterone in society, the better. That's just wrong. I'm, the testosterone is not just the male hormone. It's not only about sex. It's about clarity of thought. It's about muscle strength. Yeah. And it's about a sense of well-being. And so, you know, my personal experience, and I did 18,000 heart catheterizations, which is about 8,000 more than the maximum you should do. Yeah. And so radiation, because we use these x-ray tubes to make our images, and I wore this heavy lead, and my badge went bad a long time ago. What does that mean? That means I got exposed to too much radiation. And so I was tired, fatigued, and mm-hmm. one of the areas of your body 
that is sensitive to radiation is the areas that produce testosterone, the testicles. We mm. can say that on the air because we're talking medically. And we just did. So I, my great doctor, I have a doctor named Renee Watson, Johnston Family Care in Smithfield, North Carolina. Renee mm. is a wonderful family practitioner. She diagnosed by getting a blood test that had a very low testosterone. And now, after several attempts at different therapies, my testosterone is back to where it should be. And I feel great. Now, I'm not asking every man to go out here and get testosterone therapy, but I think it's something that we should check. Now, if you have a doctor who was educated in the 70s and 80s, they're already calling me crazy because I'm putting a lot of people on testosterone and I'm seeing a very good effect. Mm-hmm. The shibboleths, you know what a shibboleth is? All the old things that we thought were true are not true. Okay. Testosterone does not make you angry. It does not cause a heart attack. It's exactly the opposite. It protects your heart. It helps you feel better. It improves your sex life if you have a low testosterone and you have um, sexual dysfunction. So let's not stay with the old way of thinking. Now, should the only people who should not get testosterone are people who have prostate cancer. Okay. And there's even a study now that if you've had your prostate cancer and your prostate's been resected and there's no evidence of recurrent cancer, that it's actually good for you to get testosterone. I don't know. The studies are not in. But the whole point is what we used to think was true is not true. So my, my listeners are getting mm-hmm. educated. Mm-hmm. They should educate their physicians if they think that testosterone is all bad. Okay. I'm going to go have it checked. It's a good idea. Uh, by October 5th, I should have results of my testosterone. You can tell me in private. You can tell me in No, I'm going to tell everybody here. But you know, the other thing is, is that, you know, people look at me and say, how are you admitting you had a low testosterone? That means you don't have your manhood. Well, I can blame it on my career. Right. But I'm not. Okay. It's just me. It's just you. It's just me. It's just you. And thank God I had Renee Watson to steer me in the right direction. That's the power of having a good physician. I mean, my, um, I've forgotten what it is. The pancreas doesn't produce, uh, is it my pancreas or the insulin and things? Well, no, you're no, talking, is my, it does produce insulin, okay, but, but it but, doesn't do it in the right way. I mean, I've got, I've got diabetes. Right. I don't sit around saying, well, you know. Uh, I'm not well, a man because I've know, got diabetes. Your pancreas is not the source right. of your manhood. Well, okay? I guess you're right. Yeah. For some of us, it is. And it's a great source of pride. <laughs> let's, talk, let's talk about vaping. Yeah. Did, do you think that they figured out what I it is? I think so, because it makes sense. Now, when okay. I was at Johns Hopkins, there was a syndrome called lipoid pneumonia that was actually fairly common. Mm-hmm. We learned about it. And this was in the 80s. Okay. Yeah. And why? Because people used to drink fat really fat stuff and yeah because it was a real big thing in baltimore drink fat and they would inhale it and little fat droplets get in your lung and your lung doesn't like it well what they found and this is this is probably in my mind what makes sense about vaping is that they're dissolving the vaping stuff in vitamin e oil now, vitamin E, essential vitamin, yeah. it's fat-soluble. Yeah. If you open up one of those little eggshell capsules, yeah. it's oily. Okay. And it dissolves things like nicotine and the flavors. So a lot of these home brews have alpha tocopherol or tocopherol, which is vitamin E. Mm-hmm. 
don't inhale it. Now, there are some people, it doesn't hurt. Now, I'm going to say something that people may not like, but only about 15 to 20% of people who smoke get cancer of the lung. And it's pretty rare to get lipoid pneumonia from vaping. Now, I'm not so sure that the good idea is to get rid of vaping. In fact, I think it's not a good idea because vaping, in my mind, is still better than smoking cigarettes. We don't want kids to be vaping because it tastes like candy. So I'd be in favor of getting rid of cherry vapes. Okay. But the main problem has been the marijuana homebrew vapes. And that's most of the cases, not all. And I was going to say on the show that I hadn't heard of a vaping case with the jewel, but apparently they think there is. Now, one warning, lung disease is very common. Pneumonia from viruses are very common. So let's make sure that when we say something is from vaping, it's really from vaping. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not a pro-vapor in terms of people who don't use nicotine products to go out and buy a jewel. I'm not saying that. But I, I don't want to get rid of jewels or mm-hmm. certified, and there aren't any certified vaping products. But if, if it's from a national supplier where it's made in the United States, jewel is probably the number one. It's probably safe and safer, in my opinion, than cigarettes. Now, mm-hmm. I will say this. It's not been proven. Yeah. Not been proven. And I've smoked, and I've smoked a jewel. And, you know... I'm breathing pretty good, but that doesn't mean anything really. So don't start vaping if you haven't vaped. Don't do it. But if you smoke cigarettes and you want to get off smoking cigarettes, um, I, in my practice, recommend the Juul. Yeah. And I will until they take it off the market, which is coming, I think. You think that they're going to take it off? Yeah. Snowflakes in medical school. Now, there's a term snowflakes. Which offends some people, specifically snowflakes. Snowflakes. Yeah. What does the term mean to you? Okay, so snowflakes are beautiful. If you look at them under the microscope, they're just exquisite. But they melt quickly. They do. They melt. And they turn into puddles. Yeah. That you can stomp on. And that roll down the hillside. So a snowflake is one of our millennials and now Gen Zs. Yes. Who is hypersensitive to being offended to having their feelings hurt, to thinking that someone is a racist, to declaring that you are infused with toxic manhood, even if your testosterone is low. Mm -hmm. So, you know, listen, there were some bad things in med school when I was there. I was there in the quote-unquote bad old days. I remember being in the operating room and this great pediatric surgeon, he had the best bedside manner I've ever seen. He was Southern and he could charm the parents and make the kids laugh. Yeah. He got out of the operating room. He was a nightmare. Yeah. I mean, he would be yelling and cursing. He would be throwing stuff across the room. He'd call you, his biggest, famous word is you a doofus or what? Great. Doofus. Great. Now, at least, you know, I could take it. Um, but, I mean, God, nowadays, yeah. he'd be fired. Yeah. No matter how many lives he'd saved, no matter how much he'd done for medical science, one snowflake and you're gone. You melt one snowflake and, and you're gone. And there have been people who have accused others of uh, because of their own hi- hypersensitivity. Yeah, to I these know things. the best mitral valve surgeon in the country. Yeah, I'm not going to name him. Yeah, I'm not going to name his institution. Yeah, 
he pinched the butt of a nurse. Oh. Now, this guy is 65 years well, you old. You can't do that. Should he have pinched her butt? No. 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 But because of that, should he lost his job? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think not. Not going to answer. Not going to answer. This is Heart Health, helping you stay better, stay healthy, spot medical misinformation. We're going to be back. <laughs> we'll be back next week at the regular time, 4 o'clock. Heart Health on the Heart Health Radio Network. The proceeding was meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action on what was just discussed, consult your medical doctor.